Hey, Bianca. So have you recouped from our latest adventure? Hey, Jay. Girl, I am just now getting the pep back in my step. It has yeah. been, um, what's the word I can look for? Um, exhausting. It was exhausting. It was a good time, but it was exhausting. It was, it was. But hey, when you go to Vegas, you got to do Vegas things. So, um, it's all good. Yes, yes, that's true. Funny story, so I'm on the plane, right, and we're leaving and the flight attendant says, you know, does the spiel of, you know, you have two window exits. Should there be a decrease in cabin pressure? You know, that same one that everybody could probably give on their own. And then she says, um, and one final thing while you're aboard our 737 jet, please remember that what happens in Vegas ends up on social media. And I hollered. You hear me? <laughs> I hollered. I said That is so true. It is true. Yes. I said that's real. Yeah. That's real. Everything you do ends up on social media. Yeah. So. There's no more what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's like what happens in Vegas shows up everywhere. Everywhere. So. Ten years later. Right. Mm-hmm. You get to look back and like, oh yeah, so that happened. Though, quite honestly, we, we did it pretty PG to be quite honest. No, we did. We did the we I call it the Vegas light version. When people were asking me, Oh, what'd you do? I was like, Oh, I did Vegas light. Yeah. Because it's not like the real. But I don't okay, so disclaimer, little insight about me. I am not a gambler. I don't understand the concept of spending the money that took me days, weeks, even months to make to put it into a machine for what um you're playing the odds and you're playing in hopes that you will either increase the money you have or if you lose it get it back that's what you're doing that's why you're playing the odds or i can guarantee that i keep the money that i have by keeping it in my pocket i mean i'm with you we were there together and no neither you nor i Put not one coin in anybody's slot machine. Not one Though I coin. was tempted when I was at the airport because I was sitting there for a while. So I was like, yeah, I could play a penny. Didn't even want to play that because I'm nope. that cheap. No, that's real. That's real. I lost $12 once um, at said casino in Louisiana. And I took $12 in thinking, okay, I'm going to play like five. So here's how they get you. You walk in, you play that first one, and they know, oh, this is her first time. So what do you do? You hit and you win. And all the fucking bells and whistles go off. And it's like the lights are flashing. And it's like, you are the greatest person. You are so valuable. And you get all excited. So what do you do? Instead of saying, oh, let me take a low earnings and go. No, you keep playing it. Okay. And then what happens is you put five in, you won three, so now you have eight. Then you lose that eight, but you feel like, ooh, if I just put a couple more in, I can get it. And I end up walking out of there losing twelve. Well, excuse me, eleven dollars and eighty cents. I still have my cash out <laughs> coupon for the twenty cents, and I was angry, <laughs> and I was angry, and never, and ever since then, I don't play the lotto, I don't play no casinos, I just, I can't do yeah. it. I don't gamble either. But all of this is a great run-in into today's topic, 
which is travel. Did it fluffy? Which is one of my favorite things. Yes, we do travel. And you know that when it comes to traveling, I am a professional. I haven't been as many places as a lot of people. But when it comes to budget travel and traveling light, I have all the hacks. And I've watched the hacks on YouTube as well just to make sure I haven't missed any hacks. So No missing set yeah. hacks. Yes, uh, ladies and gents, traveling is near and dear to Jay's heart. Um, what are some of the places you've been to? Some of. We only got 30 minutes. You can't list them all. <laughs> Uh, I'll give you the one that I like the most. So I, I went to Aruba this year. I would say my favorite thus far was Italy. I've been to Ireland, England, France, Spain, Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, a large amount of the islands in the Caribbean, to name a few of the places I've been. Um, and in doing that travel, I have learned how to, one, pack a week and a half to two weeks worth of clothes in a backpack. Um, two, learned how to get tickets really cheaply and maneuver and I won't say manipulate, but figure out ways through ticketing and security. And three, that I am a horrible flyer and I have flight anxiety. So yeah, those are all things I've learned. (laughs) And I've learned that I've been out of the country one time. And I travel mostly domestically and that I've learned to be an economical packer as well because I'm cheap. That's why I'm economical. Not because I'm like, oh, let's save space. No, it's because I'm not going to pay $40 for you to check my bag that really has nothing in it but junk I don't need anyway that I'm not going to use on the trip. So Yeah, those baggage fees, those those suck. And mm-hmm. like I said, that's how I started packing with the backpack. Uh, Spirit Airlines started that because they, they charge you for a carry-on. And I was making a trip to Fort Lauderdale, and you can get flights like $30, $40 on Spirit if you don't have any check luggage. And I had an incident where I needed, like, an immediate trip. Like, I had to get to the Fort Lauderdale. And I got a ticket for $39. And luckily, all I had was a backpack. So $39 on, done, off I went. And it was great. Um, So, yeah, once you pack efficiently and you realize there's a lot of crap you bring on trips you really don't need. So you just have to really learn how to figure out what exactly you need and what can stay home. And pro tip... Leave the shoes at home. Pack a pair of flip-flops and a pair of shoes you can walk around in, and that's really all the shoes you need. When you try to start packing all your little cute pumps and extra pairs of tennis shoes and all that, that is taking up valuable space and valuable coins. So leave them at home. Now, with that said, pack flip-flops if you were going someplace tropical. Now, where do Jay and I differ? Jay likes tropical. Jay likes warm. She likes the South. I want to go to New York in January. I want to go to Maine in December. I want to go someplace that where it snows six months out of the year. So flip-flops would not be a smart pack for me. But I am with you with the pack one shoes. But I also like to... um, (laughs) 
<laughs> no, please check the weather of where you're going before you choose the shoes. So on our little jaunt to Vegas, I inadvertently don't check the weather, not really realizing that Nevada is a desert. What does that mean, ladies and gentlemen? A desert means that it is warm, piping hot during the day and 25 degrees colder at night. But a cold in the desert is not the same as a cold in the Midwest. So here I am looking like a tourist. First of all, I am a tourist. But looking like a tourist because I have on these mid-calf fuzzy snow boots in the middle of Nevada. Why? Because I hear, oh, it's going to be in the 50s. It's going to be in the 40s. That's Nevada desert 50s, 40s, not Indianapolis 50s, 40s. So when you're packing said shoes, pack said shoes for the climate you're going into. Yeah, I remember when I went to Aruba, I packed one pair of flip-flops and I packed a pair of tennis shoes just because I knew I was going to be doing some hiking and things like that. And I didn't necessarily think that flip-flops were the best selection for hiking. Turned out the places that I was hiking, the flip-flops really were good because it was wet. So I had those in my little travel day pack, I think, with me. So that was good. But yeah, you are right. You do want to, but you want to check the weather where you're going anyway, just so you can be a smart packer. Because if you're going to a colder climate, you're going to want to wear those heavy boots on the plane with you because you don't want those to take up space in your bag. Now, you are going to have puffy clothes. I remember I went on a ski trip once and, again, packed everything in one bag. It wasn't a backpack. It was a little small carry-on. But I just pushed all the air out of, like, my snow pants and my ski jackets and all of that. Still was able to get it all into one small bag. Still had a really great time. But I did have to wear those boots on the plane and my additional pair of shoes did get put in the bag. But we'll talk about packing strategy in a little bit. Where's your favorite place that you've been to so far? My um, absolute favorite place I've been to is New York City. Um, I am the little girl that saw, you know, Manhattan and Brooklyn and Queens on TV and was like, oh, this place is magical. For some people, it's Disneyland. Um, for me, it's New York City. Um, I am trying to get there. I love it. I love everything about it. Um, I've not seen one thing that's been like, ooh, that's New York. I don't want to go there. It's by far the best. Um, the strangest place that I can say, I don't know if you would call it strange, I guess just different. Um, not someplace that, I mean, it's okay. It's not bad. It's just not someplace that I could be. And I know people are going to hate me for this is Southern California. Probably yeah, one of I'm my not a, least mm-mm. favorite places to yeah, California is not my favorite either. Yeah, I, I was there for a while too, and it's just not, I can't get down with it. So we are in line with that one. Uh, I think my favorite place I've traveled to so far is probably Italy. Because it, Italy is one of those places where it really does look a lot like what you see on TV. They don't show you, like, the graffiti and things, the run, or, run down places that are there. Because 
It has them just like any other major city in the world. But I love that and all the brochures and tour guides and documentaries and travel channel shows and all that. They never show you like the crappy parts of places. That doesn't and sell. when I was, yeah, I know, but it's there and I think you should show it. But yes, but even when I was in Italy, it was, I just loved everything about it. Um, I was in Rome, Florence and Tuscany and Tuscany looks exactly like you're thinking when you, you know, you hear about the movies and the romantic sunrise. That is what it looks like. And it is stunning and beautiful. It's a place you go if you just kind of want to relax and chill. Not a whole, whole lot to do when you're there. But as far as skyline. I hear Tuscany and I think of chicken. A good Tuscan <sighs> chicken. But go ahead. Proceed. Yes. The, the scenery is quite beautiful. It is breathtaking. Uh, I saw it from a bus, um, like the roadways, and it was really, really pretty. When you get out, it's just, it's stunning. I need to go back to Italy. A place that I really don't need to visit too often is like you, is California. I've been there a few times, and yeah, I'm good for a while. I feel that way about the West in general, quite honestly. It's just like... I, I see the appeal. I absolutely can see the appeal. It's just, for me, it's just too, it's too much. You know, it's just the cost of living is high and everything is spread out. I like to be able to get places like walking, things like that. You cannot really do that well in a lot of parts of California just because it's just too spread out. But for those people who are into hiking and mountains and surfing and all that stuff, it is a very cool place. Though the water is really cold. They don't tell you that. The water in California is really cold. Very cold. I agree with you. Um, I lived in California for a brief um, time. And it's just, it's not me. I am um, one. Winter is my favorite season. I know everybody's like, oh, she's crazy. Oh, she's, she's nuts. No, I'm not. Um, I do enjoy the nice weather sometimes. Like, it's cool. Like, you know, I'm going to lay out by the pool, but not all year round. When I moved to California, I moved in the summer, and then it was warm and it was hot. We Actually, when I moved that year that I moved, um, San Diego was experiencing a heat wave. But I remember Christmas Day walking out of my front door with a tank top under a very like one of those um thin cover-ups and those little shoulder cover-ups that you wear and that's what I wore Mm -hmm. on Christmas day I'm Mm -hmm. like this is bullshit I just got robbed of Christmas I got robbed because it wasn't cold exactly I love the snow like I, I love cold weather I love snow. I was in um, I was in New York. Actually, I was in Times Square for New Year's. So I watched the ball drop in Times Square. And then you want to talk about cold. I didn't Mm-mm. thaw out for two days afterwards. And it was Mm-mm. great. That sounds horrible. It was wonderful. That sounds horrible. It was Yeah, I could align with the, the with the warm Christmases. I lived in Florida for a long time, and that was the one thing. That was always weird as a person who grew up in the Midwest to have an 80 degree Christmas day was just bizarre. Like I would be I was walking on the beach and someone had set up a little Christmas tree on the beach, which was really cute. But it was just bizarre. I was so used to 
Christmas being cold and it just gives you that warm, cozy feeling. And when you're out in a bikini on Christmas Day, now for people who grew up in Florida, that's normal for them or grow up in the tropics. You know, that's a normal thing. But for me, it just it was weird. It was weird. So and it's, not, it's all in what you're used to. It is. And, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I had a friend. He lived in Louisiana and he's born and raised in Louisiana. So warm weather. I mean, he's South Louisiana, not like Shreveport North. He's like little Podunk town, two minutes from the Gulf. If you sneeze, you're in the Gulf. Um, and he talk, was trying to talk about, oh, it gets cold here. It, it gets real cold here. And, you know, we, we, get, um, we get cold waves and everything. And so he was telling me, and I'm like, boy, you don't know cold. I said, you don't know cold till you've been in New York City in December. You've been in Chicago in January. I said, you don't know cold and what real cold is so it was funny because he had come up um to the northern states one winter and he was like oh it is a little cold here isn't it yeah yeah welcome welcome to what real cold looks like but being from louisiana south louisiana it's all about what you know yeah yeah i mean I was, so another place I've gone is uh, I went to Trinidad for Carnival. So Carnival is, for people who need a reference, it's, it, it's Fat Tuesday, basically. It's, it's celebrating Mardi Gras, basically. They just don't call it that. It's the same as Carnival in Rio, Trinidad, and a lot of the ones around the world are celebrating the same time of year. Um, and yeah, when you go to Trinidad in January, February, it's, 80, 90 degrees, and then you come back to the Midwest or the East Coast, and you, you went from 80, and you fly back to 20. And sometimes there's snow on the ground, but you can come back all golden tan and everything. So, yeah, there is there's this <laughs> dynamic when you're traveling, and you have to pack for that. So you you have your thick coat for when you get home, but then you need to change into shorts for when you get off the plane because exactly. you're going to melt it. You know? So mm-hmm. those are all things to consider when traveling. Um, I have had some interesting adventures on my travels as far as like plane rides, train rides, things like that. Um, one of the ones that stands out is I was on a plane where the person behind me vomited for half of the flight, which was not great. Wow. And yeah, that wasn't great. My last flight, someone proposed. Oh, and... and in that yeah, cute. <laughs> yeah, someone proposed on that flight. I have met some really cool people on flights, like people I'm still cool with to this day. Um, right. So it's just, you just take it with strides. I mean, traveling is one of those things. If you go t- into it with a really open mind, there's so many things that you can learn and so many things that you can experience. It's just... Make sure you have that open mind and remember, especially if you're traveling abroad, to not take any arrogance with you when you go to a place. Because you have to remember, you are visiting these people's country. You are experiencing their cultures. So don't come and try to impose your culture onto other people. And I found that that works when I travel. I've never really had any issues because people like because I travel alone a lot. 
um, which a lot of people say I'm really brave for. I don't really think it's bravery. It's just my mom used to always tell me, if you want to go somewhere, don't wait for somebody else to go with you. Just go. And I took that and ran with it. Literally. So what's some things like in your travels that have stood out? Like anything that you're like, wow, that was interesting. There's several things that have stood out. I think the the adventurous spirit you have, I have that too. I've not done it abroad per se, um, but I like going to new places and getting lost. You know, hopping on somebody's public transportation and just seeing what I can see. Um, sometimes it's on purpose, sometimes it's not. But I will say that my... Most recent favorite adventure is hanging off of a bridge and almost dying. You did not almost die. Um, a little bit. I died. A- you didn't even come anywhere close to dying. I died. I died a little bit on the inside. Um. So Jay decides to take me on an adventure, and when I say take me on an adventure, we kind of have this deal. Okay, so if you haven't tell, if you can't tell by now. Jay and I have two different personalities, okay? I am Las Vegas Boulevard. Give me the lights, the glitz, the glam, the drinks. Jay is get me off the beaten path, scale sides of mountains, okay? So we had a deal. (laughs) We did one thing that I enjoyed, which was going to the strip. Uh, Not going to strip, let me clarify. Going to (laughs) the strip, Las Vegas Boulevard. Um, And then the other day, we went on Jay's adventures. Now, um, we went to the Hoover Dam, which is quite impressive. And so Jay says, hey, we're going to go. I want to get a really cool shot from the view, the overlook. Okay. Or the bridge. Oh, she says the bridge. And I said, okay, cool. Now. So I told her it was a bridge. I mean, she already knew it was a bridge going into it. Okay, continue. I did know it was a bridge going into it. But when you watch movies, there is a little bitty bridge that literally goes like across the dam that you see in the movies. Okay, now, mind you, I've never been to the Hoover Dam. So this is what I'm thinking. In my mind, oh, cool. We're going to go this little bridge. No, she doesn't tell me that we're going to scale the side of a mountain, walk across a bridge that is suspended 1,000 million feet in the air. Oh, and by the way, it goes along a highway. So we have cars zooming in from Arizona to Nevada doing that zoom sound because they're going 80 miles an hour. And we have we walk across this bridge that has a sign that says, do enter at your own risk. I got a picture of it. I will post it to the Instagram and the Facebook the sign, the warning sign. So we go across this bridge and I'm like, oh, okay, this could be okay. But the bridge keeps going, keeps going. Jay's just bouncing along. Hey, waving, taking pictures. I go over to look over at the dam and I realize that I could fall and I would die because there's sharp, jagged rocks at the bottom. And the more I see these rocks, the more my anxiety grows. And I'm like, oh, I'm stuck on a bridge that says, enter at your own risk. She wasn't stuck. Nobody's going to come and save me. No one's going to come and save me. But after we got off the bridge. Otherwise, we have toddlers running 
across the you know the walkway and everything. It was fine. Yeah. And she failed to mention that there is like a seven foot thick concrete wall between the highway and the walkway to the overlook. So go ahead. Now that concrete wall, as we have all seen in every Michael Bay film, cars can bust through concrete. Just saying. It could happen. So we finally <laughs> descend from the mountain and we drive through the through like the little I guess you call it the parking area around the dam. And it's really cool. And then I look up and see this bridge that we were hanging off the side of. And I realized you can't see the people from down at the dam. That's how far up it is. You can no longer see people, which means we were going to die. Now, looking back on it, now that we're safely planted on firm ground, it was a good time. It was very pretty. Um, a site that you don't get a lot in the Midwest because there's no grass. There's no grass there. There's random twigs that grow out of the sides of the mountains, but there's no grass. It's desert terrain. That's what we call that. Okay. It's still no it's grass. rocky. And- yeah. There's the yeah. landscaping is pebbles and trees that they probably bought from a nursery here in Indiana. Um but yeah, so that was probably my most exciting adventure. One of my most exciting adventures here recently in the near okay. recent future. I think one of my most memorable, because I've done a lot of things. Because like she said, I do like to kind of go on adventure things. So I've been zip lining and hiking in the rainforest and all that kind of stuff. Um, one of the most memorable things is I typically like to travel on my birthday. And I have this rule that I must have cake on my birthday. And for my 30th birthday, I went to Costa Rica. And I mentioned to one of the guys who worked in one of the areas of the hotel that my birthday was coming up and I wanted to find a bakery because I needed to get cake because cake was important. And I forget his name. And I'm going to have to go look up the card, but I forgot his name. But he's like, don't worry about it. I'll make sure that you have some cake for your birthday. And I said, okay, cool. So I'm thinking he's just going to send me, like, a reference list to the room or something like that. So I go on about my day. So I I mentioned this my first day I'm in Costa Rica. My birthday is on the third day I'm in Costa Rica. So I go on my little adventure, and I come back to my hotel room, and there is a cake sitting in my hotel room that says Feliz Cumpleaños. And the, the guy written me a little card and was like, I told you you would have cake on your birthday. Happy birthday. And then he signed his name. And I just thought that was the sweetest thing ever. That's, and that's cute. Aww. It was so nice. So, I mean, I've had a couple of adventures. My mother would probably have a heart attack for some of them because I probably could have ended up dead. But I didn't, because I'm here talking to you right now. Those are the best ones, where you almost die, but then you don't quite die. And then you're kind of like, oh, that's cool, I almost died. Um, Yeah, it's it's the weirdest thing. So, moment of confession, I have a slight fear of heights, but I only have a fear. Just slight, yeah. I learned that recently. But I only have a fear of heights when I'm not safely enclosed in something now when i say enclosed enclosed can mean a variety of different things clearly it didn't mean rails and a thick concrete wall no that's not enclosed that's death um so that caused me anxiety but i want to skydive 
because I feel like I have a harness Mm-mm. on, I have a no, parachute, no. I no. am more enclosed than I was dangling off of the side of the highway. Um, and that makes no sense to me, but okay, sure. I, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me either, but I just know that my safety level felt... How you feel a parachute is enclosed and a concrete wall is not, it's, that don't make good logic. That's not good logic at all, but okay. Have you seen any Michael Bay movies? Cars, you know, I don't watch TV, so through no. concrete. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But actually, um, I, it, it's so weird. Like, I don't mind heights. Like, I have no issues with flying. I have no issues, you know, with anything that goes up high, roller coasters, whatnot. But it's when there's not, I think it, maybe it's what it is. Maybe it's a skin to skin thing. I need something physically wrapped around me in order to feel secure because so roller coasters that go up high don't bother me so uh, you need a harness of some sort some sort of harness yes we didn't have a harness dangling off the bridge if somebody pushed me that's, over that's because we weren't dangling well, we, a little okay. bit a little bit and I just kept imagining in my mind my phone falling down and cracking and shattering and realizing I don't have the money to replace it um, so that made my anxiety go up as well. Mm-hmm. The little things. It's the little okay. things. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, as a fluffy person, because this is something that I was actually reading about. As a bigger person, have you experienced any issues while flying? The whole issue of flying. <laughs> let's talk about it. Um, so let's take this most recent flight. Um I flew Frontier, which is a lot like Spirit. You get dirt cheap tickets, but they charge you for breathing. Um, so you sit in these seats, right? And the seats are not designed for anyone who has ever eaten a cheeseburger and enjoyed it. So they assigned me to this seat, and I'm on an inside seat, which I'm like, okay, I'm by the window. But whereas Southwest's, has a little more cushion in their seats. These seats are are narrow and they are not as padded. So Frontier, because you have flights for $7, um, everybody and their mama is on the plane. So the whole plane is full. So it's a row and it's six, six people and there's six people in the plane. So what do you do? You get in, you try to buckle in. Oh, but wait, the seatbelt doesn't go all the way around. So what do you do? You ask the flight attendant? Hell no, you're not going to ask the flight attendant. You tuck the long part under your belly, make it look like that it's buckled, and they don't bother you. Oh, wait, seat backs and tray tables go up in the locked position. Guess what? Our tray table can't come down. Why? Because my belly's in the way. Because there's only seven inches between my belly and the seat in front of me. Please store your your belongings under the seat in front of you, and when the plane takes off, you may gather them again. No, I can't because if I ha- if I bend over too far, I'm going to fart, and we have recycled air in the plane because we're up in the middle of the air. So, you land, you grab yourself, you try to walk out into the aisle. Wait, what happens is someone calls your name. You say, huh, turn around, and you get stuck in between the seats because your backpack is hooked on, is hit the seat in front of you, and the the narrow aisleways have got you smushed. 
don't pee on airplane either because those bathrooms are not cheeseburger friendly. Um, you can't reach, you can't turn. Um, so just hold it. I hope your flight's not too long and pee when you get into the terminal. But other than that, flying's a breeze. No problems. No problems whatsoever. Everything's yeah, great. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember you telling me that we were talking about going back to the, like the reaching under your seat. Yeah, you were like, yeah, I can't do that because I, I can't bend over mm-hmm. to get in there. And I was just like, I had never even thought about that. I mean, I'd heard about the butt buckles and things like that, but just the getting under the seat, I had never thought about that, you know. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Now, the bathroom barely fits somebody my size, so I'm just like, I don't know who those bathrooms were designed for. Not anybody. they are so tiny. They're designed for my seven-year-old. So, so tiny. <laughs> That's what they're designed for. But, yeah. you know, it's it's so funny because they talk about, like, you know, you look at the different airlines and they'll talk about, oh, you know, now advertising five inches more space and like internally I used to laugh and be like that's so crazy it's just five inches but that five inches makes a difference it makes a difference seats are smaller now than they ever have been because they're trying to squeeze more seats onto those planes so they can have more people on the planes Mm -hmm. so So they're actually pretty small yeah but um because I've even noticed that that they are pretty narrow and I I remember one flight I uh, was with a gentleman who was, he was a larger gentleman, and I remember him just sitting there. He looked very, very uncomfortable. He had the aisle seat, and I had the window seat, and the seat in between us was empty. And I remember him just saying, God, I hope nobody else comes. I hope nobody else comes, because he wanted to keep, he wanted to keep the armrest up so that he would be a little bit more comfortable because, again, that's another thing was with that armrest is sometimes it, it doesn't go, it's squishing into your actual flesh. Yes. When when someone puts it down. And, I've you know, I've seen some people do some rude things to each other on flights, and I'm just like, that was not called for. But, but yeah, it's just those things you don't consider when you don't have to think about it. The other you know, thing it's the that... Same, mm, Go ahead. One of the other things that you got to do, too, on a plane that um, larger people that we have to do is you often sit with your arms crossed. Sitting. I've noticed that. Your arms to the side creates more mass and more space and you don't have space. So you have to sit with your arms crossed in order to shrink your body frame down as to not be offensive to the person that sits next to you. Now. I will say that there are some people who are very friendly about it. And they're like, I'll try to be like, you know, I apologize if I, you know, lean on you for a little bit. And some people be like, oh, you're good. No problem. And they're very nice about it. Some people are just dicks. And you can tell because they'll have a magazine out. And when you shift, they sigh. Like on my way back from Vegas, I sat next to an asshole who was very much... Ugh, you're in my space. Ugh, there's an armrest. Ugh, uh, uh. And I'm sitting here thinking, if I rolled over, I could smash your ass and no one would ever hear from you again. So you should probably be nice to me. But being the good Christian girl I was, I didn't do it, but I thought it. I thought it for the whole three hours and four minutes we were in there. Yes. Yeah. There's so many things, you know. There's, yeah, it's, it's so many things. Again, and... I try to be sensitive to those kinds of things only just because I, I, I like to try to remember 
that everybody's ex- experience is not my experience. And people are dealing with a lot of different struggles. It's the same thing when I watch, when I have people who have kids who are flying and they're flying with small children and that child is yelling at the top of their lungs. And as long as I feel like the people are trying to calm the kid, I'm like, all right, cool, no worries. But I've been on some flights when their little kid is like kicking the back of the seat or screaming and hollering and the parent is just sitting there like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, don't make me discipline your child. No, I will. You know, <laughs> I will. Because they will have, they'll have feelings about that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you turn around and be like, can you stop, please? And then they're like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, stop, you know, Johnny. It's just like, yeah, really? You just going to let him sit and kick like that? As a parent. Those people don't feel bad for it. As a parent, I find it my moral obligation to check other people's kids. And I do it without feeling bad. I don't do it without your permission. If you're not going to check them, I am. So little Johnny and little Sarah can get checked too for pushing and kicking and talking crazy and having your feet out in the aisle and being loud when I'm trying to sleep. Yep, yep. Sarah and Irene can get it too. But that would be going along with the travel ideas. So Fluffy's find and frustration. So this is a Fluffy find, not really a frustration. I have now been in two separate hotel rooms that have the what I consider the bestest fat girl bathroom you could ever imagine okay so this this recent place that Jay and I stayed when we were in Vegas had this garden tub right and why are garden tubs important it's not the jets it's not the cute rail around where you can post your scented candles and things no it is mammoth you can sit in it you can turn in it you can do flips in it and you feel like a skinny girl in a regular size bathtub okay then it had a shower a beautiful all glass shower that was slightly bigger than your average shower but it made you feel like Stella and how Stella got a groove back so you soap up and it's starting to get steamy and the glass gets a little steamy and you turn around knowing nobody's there hoping somebody's there and you're like oh yes I'm sexy and sudsy I'm sexy and sudsy and then it had the his and her sinks, right? So I don't have a his, so it's a her and her sink. So I use one to wash my face and one to brush my teeth. And then I switch it up the next day and do the other one to brush my teeth and the other one to wash my face. And then here is the piece de resistance to this bathroom that makes it the bathroom. That, this is the bathroom layout that I'm going to have to have in my own house. It has a whole separate room for the toilet. Do you hear me? A whole separate room. So that means that when I go in there and I drop the kids off and I'm being offensive, guess what? I can close that door and still do naked spins in my bathroom and not be offended by my own scent. Oh, it was the greatest bathroom. So shout out to the Wyndham in Las Vegas, Nevada on Harmon Street for the garden tubs and the clear showers. That is Fluffy's find this week. 
Uh, yes, you did speak very highly of that tub. And I think the Jets might have had something to do with it, but you can say what you want to. The, no, the, um, the Jets are great, too. But the fact that I, I did rolls, I did rolls in the tub. I, I did spin. I didn't see it, but I remember you talking about it. It's great. It's great. Yeah. So that will take us to our tip from Fit, which has everything to do with strategic packing. And so what I'm going to say, start with is pick your bag. Make sure it's a small bag, but make sure it's a bag with lots of pockets because bags with lots of pockets are your friend. Tip number two, roll it up. Roll everything that you can possibly roll. And tip number three, get the packing squares. You know, the little things you can buy them and they come in like a package of like three or four. Take your rolls, put them in said packing squares, zip them up, and then pack. You can fit like triple the amount of stuff when you apply that strategy. Once you remove those pairs of shoes like we talked about, you can be good to go for a nice long trip without any issues. So, I mean, that's just one of my many tips from Fit. Uh, Another one that's going to be a twofer. On the tips from Fit. It's a twofer. Um, The second one is leave the soap at home. I know some of you all are real bougie and like to be real fancy with soap. Unless you're staying in like a hostel, all of the hotels come with soap. That's just extra space that could be occupied with something cool you pick up along the way. So leave the soap at home. Use the soap that's at the hotel. If you don't like the soap that's at the hotel, you can run to a local store and go buy some soap. But yeah, so those are my tips from Fit on traveling light and smart. And if you don't use the soap, pack it in your bag, bring it home. Yes. Just saying. Just saying. All right, Jay, tell them where they can hear us and find us. Well, at this point, we are at episode number five. So, as always, we can be found uh, on Apple Podcasts under The Adventures of Fit and Fluffy. We can be found on the Google Play Store under Google Music under The Adventures of Fit and Fluffy. We can also be found on the Quay Today website under Podcasts under The Adventures of Fit and Fluffy. We can be heard on soundcloud under the adventures of fit and fluffy bet you weren't gonna guess that so bianca where can they reach us at you can always stay in constant contact with us at our email at fit and fluffy pod at gmail.com also make sure that you and your friends and your grandma and your grandpa and your cousins Follow us on social media. We are on Facebook at Fit and Fluffy Podcast. We are on Twitter at at Fit and Fluffy Pod. Make sure you follow us because we have all kinds of cool things that come out in between the episodes as well. A lot of back behind the scenes footage, background information. Make sure you follow us. Yeah, that's where some of our Vegas footage will be. 
Um, Las so Vegas. Check it out. Check it out. Baby. And as always, I would like to thank DJ Ajanua for her music and, well, her music. That's what she contributed, her music contribution. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to call it a night. Lights out, baby. See you later.